Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brick-Kelly. Today on The Detail... It's a dummy spit that really would break the internet here over a proposed law to pay for local news content. Well, how'd you find that? I'll look it up. Where? You got to Google it. What you want to know? Australia's showdown with Google and Facebook over a new code to make them pay publishers for their stories or face multi-million dollar fines. If this version of the code were to become law... It would give us no real choice but to stop making Google search available in Australia. Australia makes our rules for things you can do in Australia. That's done in our parliament, it's done by our government, and that's how things work here in Australia. There's been a big backlash to Google's threat. We'll hear from the Kiwi ad man who says it's time to tell the tech giants to get stuffed. So widespread is the outcry, Crocodile Dundee's even got a mention. A Financial Times article says the threat smacks of the knife-flourishing baddie in the film of the Yoka hero. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. The message in the Financial Times article is Google would be better off agreeing to a deal than provoking angry lawmakers, especially with the rest of the world watching. Now, the stoush is over the proposed news media and digital platforms mandatory bargaining code expected to come into force in Australia this year. Australia says it's a world first and will address the bargaining power imbalance between news media businesses and digital platforms. Google and Facebook say it's unfair and unworkable. So let's look closer at this. I'm with tech commentator Paul Brislin, and we're doing what everyone does. We're Googling. A simple Google search. Yeah. COVID-19, NZ, we'll see what comes up. And on the regular page, we've got advertising. That's fair enough. We've got these top stories, which are links to mainstream media, professional media outlets, and there's quite a few of those. Uh, and you just look at news stories. What they're doing is pulling out not just the headline and a link, but also some of the copy. Mm. And they're very careful not to have too much copy, just enough so that they can say it's a, a snippet rather than just cutting and pasting your story and sticking it up on the, online. And so I think that's where they cross a line. This is them actually republishing RNZ, New Zealand Herald stuff, TVNZ, republishing their content. And that's, um, that's quite a different cap of fish to just sharing a link. That's an added twist to the tale because it, that's crossing a line for me. That's, that's doing more than just I search for a, a news item and up comes a link. Let's go back to looking at your screen here. And in the, in the search line on Google, you've put in COVID-19 NZ as an example. And then in the next row, you've clicked on news. And then in the next line, it says about 19 Million, million results, results. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's come up in thirty-four seconds. Yeah, point three four of a second. Point three four of yeah, a second. Yeah, 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 half a second. It's an incredible resource, oh, isn't it? Totally. It's an amazing tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what the news media producers, the people who produce the content, yeah. are arguing, is that they are making money out of 
the content that they are putting up. Exactly. So the, the argument from the media producers, from the professional media side, is uh, you're making money off our content. We need a we need a share of that, mm. which seems quite reasonable. And Google, in particular, Facebook, both argue your content is only a fraction of the content that we share. Uh, less than one percent of the content shared is from a professional news source. Therefore, at most, you can have one percent of you know a fraction of our revenues, and they'll do some maths and some magic, and it'll it'll be a very small number. Oh. Their argument is that their world is much larger than just professional media, and I think that's probably true. It is like Google for all kinds of things, but at the same time. The impact that these companies have had, the technology companies have had on publishers has been, as you well know, uh, absolutely devastating. Uh, all of the revenue has, has gone to digital content. Well, how devastating? I mean, there are figures around, <clears throat> aren't there? There really are. So if we look at the Australian market in particular, for every $100 spent on online advertising, $53 goes to Google. $28 goes to Facebook, and the rest, it's, it's $19, is shared with everyone else who is advertising online. And for anyone who's, who's ever tried to advertise online, Facebook in particular has a, an incredibly simple, easy-to-use mechanism for enabling you to advertise uh, on Facebook uh, to target your advertising in ways we simply never could in, mm. in professional media. Uh, and they've made it very easy for very small amounts of money to be spent on advertising by relatively small numbers of people. You know, we're not talking about corporates. It's all the way down to the local dairy can target people within a 100-metre radius and say, I'm having a special on milk, come on in in the next hour and, and find an audience. So the technology is really quite impressive if it works, but at the same time uh, it has absolutely sideswiped the publishing industry. And I don't think that that is something that needs regulating because, you know, it, it, television came along and, and that was going to be the end of radio and radio came along and that was going to be the end of print. Technologies change. The content uh, is still very important, but the way people consume it has changed dramatically and it's really the fault of newspaper publishers in particular that they just didn't jump on the bandwagon. They just ignored it and pretended it would all go away. So that's <laughs> the problem is that... They are publishing content mm. of other news outlets. Yeah. And they're making money from it. Well, they're making a lot of money from it. If it was a neutral platform and they were just simply sharing the content, that's one thing. But here they are republishing some parts of the content and also, as we see in Australia, deciding uh, which sources to choose and which ones not. Tensions have escalated between Google and Australian mainstream publishers after revelations the tech giant is burying news links in some search results. The company says the move is part of a short-term experiment using an algorithm to hide news stories from commercial media outlets. So now they're deciding who gets to be linked to and who, um, who doesn't. And that, again, is crossing the line in a very long way. It's no longer a neutral player, it's an active uh, player in the market. What exactly is this law that Australia wants to introduce? So they want to find a way to address the big problem that all media all around the world, professional media, have, which is the loss of advertising spending to the digital world. And part of the problem is newspapers in particular were very poor at moving to a digital environment, to put it mildly. Having worked in a newspaper at the time, they were not at all interested in this internet thing. And they've lost all their revenue from advertising. 
And yet the role of the media is really critically important to a democracy, as we've seen with uh, Brexit and with Donald Trump and all the rest of it. You know, without a media asking questions, we're really stuck. So the Australians are trying to address this issue of, well, OK, all the money's gone. Where's it gone? Why aren't you getting a cut of that? Presumably people searching for news are still finding the news and you're still producing it, but the money's going to a third party. And it is. It's going predominantly to Google and, in second place, Facebook. So they're trying to understand uh, and address that by saying, OK, well, Google and Facebook, if you want to link to this content, you need to share your uh, revenue streams with the, uh, with the professional media. So basically they're saying you should be paying for the content. Yes, even though Google and Facebook would argue it's not them who is uh, producing the content or even uh, making the content available, all they're doing is linking to the content so that the content producers... Um, actually have an audience because the audience, the eyeballs, you and me and the readers and the listeners, uh, we use Google and Facebook to find content. And without them, the argument goes, nobody would ever find a newspaper website or, a, or an RNZ or anything ever again because we, we, we rely on uh, search engines and social media to deliver the content to us, which is completely untrue but is a good argument. Uh, and the second argument that they make is that all they're doing is linking to content. Mm. This is the argument that Tim Berners-Lee, who um, famously founded the World Wide Web, he's very passionate about this. All links should be neutral. If a search engine is a neutral beast, it would link to all the content, and then it's up to the user to decide which one to, to, to click on. By forcing them to pay for certain links, uh, you, you're breaking that model. And Google, in particular, has been very loud about you don't want to do this because you're going to break the Internet. Hi, everyone. I'm Mel Silver and I lead Google here in Australia. Mel Silver, MD of Google Australia and New Zealand, doing a kind of open letter by video to users. If you're like most Australians, you use Google search to find and learn things online. Whether it's help with homework, an easy dinner recipe or directions to the local takeaway shop. But a proposed new law, the News Media Bargaining Code, would break how Google search works in Australia. Now, I know that sounds pretty full-on, but it's true. You know how search works. You search, we show you links, and you decide what site to go to. The new law means Google would have to pay certain news companies to show you links to their sites. Now, remember, we don't show full news articles. We just show you where you can go and help you to get there. Paying for links breaks the way search engines work. And it undermines how the web works too. Google has an alternative solution that supports journalism. It's called Google News Showcase. It would operate under this new law and would support Australian journalism without breaking how search works. The new Google News is personalised for you. But you can always tap headlines to see the biggest stories everyone is reading. And if you just want stories from those great sources you trust, publishers are front and centre. Follow them, get more stories from them, and support them. So that's Google's solution, but One News boss has told a Senate inquiry that would allow Google to set the price and the terms and would not address the imbalance. It was at that same inquiry that Google's Mel Silver said this. If this version of the code were to become law it would give us no real choice but to stop making Google search available in Australia. And that led to accusations of bullying and blackmail. They have the power to do it and make an impact. 94% of searches in Australia 
are on Google. But the market is also very valuable to Google. It made $4.3 billion in Australia in 2018. Facebook made more than half a billion. Kiwi adman Ben Goodale, in an opinion piece in The Herald, says Australia should tell Google to go and get stuffed. I don't like bullies. In the free world these days, we've gone, come a long way on that. So, But, I mean, more than that, I mean, I look at it not just as an ad man, but as a, as a citizen of New Zealand, as a, of Australasia. And, you know, fundamentally, you know, if we're going to allow these big corporate tech companies to come in and start to dictate to us how we should operate... I just don't see why we should. You know, they, and if we don't stop them now, they're only going to get more and more powerful. Um, I mean, you can look at things and go, yes, they're great advertiser mediums, but they're not essential. You know, if, if they get removed, they'll be replaced by something else. There's always a different way to advertise. So just as they didn't exist once and we didn't use them for advertising, if they're not here, well, someone else will crop up and offer something. And, you know, advertising goes where consumers are to consume information. So it's quite simple. So they're not, they're not in no way essential to society. Oh, but aren't they so embedded here and um, embedded in our lives? I mean, it's not just if you want to find out something, you Google it, but also, you know, there's Gmail, there's Google Maps. Is that replaceable? Well, I think it has to be because, you know, we're Otherwise, we've all lost, you know, we're, we're, we're just eternally going to be slaves to Google. Every one of the things that Google offers, there is an alternative to. It's just that Google are brilliant. They make things simple, they make things very effective and they work well, they integrate well, sometimes too well, actually. And also these things technically are free. Like, I can drive to work, my Google Maps tells me how, how long it's going to take this route or that route. I can see traffic. It's the stuff that years ago I used to just wish for as I sat in commuter traffic. And now it's there, and I don't even have to pay for it. But, of course, it is being paid for through the power of the way that they drive revenues through advertising. And I think, fundamentally, it's, it's bigger than this because it's not that Google are really going to withdraw all these services. I guess at some point... You know, governments like, like you know, Scott Morrison in Australia, he's saying you're pillaging the fourth estate. You're, you're reproducing all their content. You're not paying for it. And uh, meantime, the media companies are really struggling to make ends meet. But what would it mean for you as an ad man in terms of your work? If, if Google pulled out, how easy would it be for you to just shift that advertising that content to something else. It's just another excellent spreadsheet for a media plan, frankly. Just as media advertising is moving out of printed newspapers into digital, again, Google are not all things digital. There's obviously Facebook. There are other search engines. You know, you can advertise on the New Zealand Herald. There's, there's a, a huge firmament of other places to, to run digital advertising. And that's before you think about TV, radio... Uh, press, outdoor, and direct marketing. My biggest factor is I'm trying to sell goods to people mm. in New Zealand. Now, if, if, a, if a supplier of media is no longer offering that advertising channel, no-one else is using it either. So the eyeballs are going somewhere else. So we just have to you know, find where are those eyeballs going. What do you see as the most likely scenario? Say if this happened in New Zealand, and surely New Zealand must be watching to see what happens in Australia, they're not going to pull out. 
they're just no, they're just calling they're Australia's bluff yeah. on it. Is that what you think? Oh, totally. I mean, they 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 don't want to not be in the market. They just don't want to pay anything more than they really have to. And I was actually surprised how how strong they came out uh, in Australia against the the Australian Select Committee. You know, it was surprisingly arrogant. Um, but I guess that, I guess maybe that's the neg- a negotiating tactic. You know, let's just stand up and say, well, we'll do this. And, and that's really all they've got to play with. Have you had much reaction to your opinion piece? Uh, yeah, entirely positive. I've had really? No, no, yeah, no, I've had quite a few people say to me, great piece, well said, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had any death threats. <laughs> I mean, some people in the industry may not want to raise their voice because they probably have uh, more at stake directly with Google. I mean, I, I don't. But advertising is fundamentally about where are the eyeballs. So if you take out a channel, no eyeballs are there. So you, 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 but, but they go somewhere else. So just how realistic is it that Google and Facebook would pull out of Australia? Here's Paul Brislin again. I can't see either of them doing it, to be honest. I mean, they might make a lot of song and dance and a bit of noise about uh, not offering service, but the power of their business model is in reaching as many people as possible. We're not the customer, we're the users. We are the product that they sell to other advertisers. So if they turn around to Coca-Cola, for instance, and say, well, we can promote your advertising all across the planet except for Australia, um, Coca-Cola's not going to take quite kindly to that. No, so they'll they'll have a lot of pressure from advertisers not to take this drastic step. I think so. I think that'll be the next step. Um, uh, The advertisers will want to be able to still reach as many people as possible. If, if Facebook and Google weren't uh, operating in Australia, somebody else would. Yeah, I mean, what are the alternatives? There's Bing. There is. There is. For search, there's Bing from Microsoft, which isn't as good as Google, but there are plenty of others. There, if you're concerned about privacy issues, there's DuckDuckGo, which is a search engine which strips out all of those trackers and all that sort of stuff that Facebook and all the others put on every website and track your every movement. There are plenty of options out there. Melissa Lee, Nationals Broadcasting and Digital Communications spokesperson, says it's heavy-handed. From the outside, it does look heavy-handed because we're looking at regulating two of the world's biggest companies who have done very well because they have the best technology and they've employed the best people to do a really good job. I I think it's only heavy-handed because we haven't done anything. For so long, it's it's late to the party, and at this point, it's it's it, you've got to do something. Otherwise, the next step is uh, a complete destruction of the, the the mainstream media outlets and and the role of the fourth estate, which is so critically important, and never before has it been so important. I don't believe, and these guys hold the purse strings. So without that, I think uh, we're all in trouble. The rest of the world must be watching this to see what happens. They are, they are, and and also trying similar things. So Google has just agreed to do something quite similar in Paris uh, with the French government because the French have the power of the EU bloc, and if France says, well, hang on a second, we're applying EU law here, it applies right across the group, Google would have really quite a fight on its hands. So they've just agreed to something similar. The the main difference there is the French model is uh, voluntary first, come to a conclusion, and, and... there's arbitration as a backstop, whereas the Australian model is um, you'll do it or we'll beat you with a big stick, 
which is a lot more um, in your face, and Google is resisting that because it sets a precedent for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. But everyone is watching. They're all very keen to see just what happens next. So New Zealand, can, will we follow? Well, New Zealand's approach to all of this kind of thing is, is really a tale of two halves. For the most part, we adopt a watching brief, and we'll see what Australia does, and we sort of tack along on, on, on the tail of it. But after the, uh, the mosque attacks in Christchurch and the appalling lack of any kind of realistic response from the social media outlets, there's a huge willingness in New Zealand's um, regulatory circles to actually do something about this before it gets any more out of hand. And whether or not they can follow suit or not remains to be seen, but I think they'll be very keen to do something. So do you think this move in New Zealand, if, if New Zealand followed... Would would the local news media outlets benefit? Yeah, probably more so than in Australia. In Australia, they've still got a very large Rupert Murdoch presence. You know, they, there's, mm. they, they've got their own issues over there. In New Zealand, our, our media are a lot smaller and a lot more agile. And I think we've already gone through a lot of the reform that the Aussies are still fending off. So our newsrooms have been well hollowed out, but in some cases are starting to come back. At the same time, you've got a You've got to wonder really about the viability of a news media which is so vitally important but which makes all its money from classified advertising, Sudoku puzzles, um, TV listings and all the bits around the edge that have all just disappeared. You know, um, Maybe it's not actually a model that suits the commercial world at all and maybe government ownership or public ownership is, is a, a better way of going. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you, you've got to fund it somehow. So um, if they're not going to pay tax, maybe we should get them this way to support the media. You don't believe that Google and Facebook will pull out, but do you think that they might reach a deal? Well... Yeah, the, the Australian government always does talk a very um, bullish game. Um, I think there's probably some room in the middle where perhaps there's a, an implementation period where Facebook and Google can actually negotiate a commercial deal with the media outlets. There's a gap now. Uh, instead of fighting tooth and nail, I would be knocking on doors and saying, well, let's, let's sit down and see what we can hammer out before the regulator arrives. Mm-hmm. You've got that window of opportunity. If they don't take it, well, the regulation is always a lot worse for the companies being regulated than they anticipate, and it's always a lot more onerous uh, as the years go on, and and very often it it doesn't result in any benefit for those it's supposed to support. It just makes life difficult for everyone. So that would be the worst of all worlds, I think. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so other people can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Paul Brislin and Ben Goodale. Mm-hmm.